Hey guys, it's Jason at hardmoneybankers.com with another great expert interview. Today's guest is Josh Mente from the MD Home Team. He's also located in Maryland and has an extremely impressive real estate business that he has grown substantially over the years. So his first year alone, he actually closed about 70 transactions, which is crazy to me. And obviously I had so many questions for him after he told me that. And now his team is currently doing over 300 transactions for, per, per year. So if you're a real estate investor, a real estate agent, or just a business owner that you know, you have a hard time kind of understanding how your numbers can get that big, then obviously listen up. Like I said, Josh is an extremely impressive model. And we talk about kind of the growth and as he's be created a large, he's about 10 agents on his team right now. And as he's been growing, he's been adding new team members, more support staff. He's removed himself a lot from the business. And a lot of you out there are probably gonna be like, well, you know, I can't do any more deals. I do a few deals a month and my time is just shot. I've reached capacity. I don't know how to take it to the next level. Well, Josh has mas mastered this and I really grilled him on some really interesting, really interesting questions related to mindset, what his, what his day looks like, uh, some of his goals and just how he interacts with his team and his customers on a regular basis you're not going to miss you're not going to want to miss this one so you know it's a little bit on the longer side but it'll be well worth it i promise you help me welcome josh to the show so the reason i want to bring josh on the show today is because he's got a really impressive real estate business um of pretty much what he's put together here kind of in the last few years that i'm going to let him share with you in a second so i know so many other real estate investors agents business owners, pretty much everyone out there who feels like they've reached capacity. So for instance, let's just take a real estate agent, for example. Say you're a real estate agent, you do two deals per month, 20, 25 transactions per year, that's a lot. You should be proud of yourself. You should, that's a successful business, right? But most of these agents say to themselves, well, I wanna do more transactions, I wanna do more transactions, um, but they physically just don't know how. They cannot wrap their brain around it. They are like, I'm working nonstop, seven days a week, I have no more time I don't know how all these other big agents do it. I'm just out of time and I don't know how to and I don't know how to do it. So some of the numbers that I think Josh is gonna share with you in a second probably is gonna seem very high to you, but I'm hoping if we're lucky, he can break some of these things down step by step so you can learn a little bit about how he set this up and hopefully if growing a team, growing a real estate practice, um, taking your next you're taking your business to the next level if that's something you want to do you know sit back and watch because you're gonna learn a lot today so Josh thanks again for uh, being on the show and just let's just start tell everybody maybe how you got into the business how you got into real estate things like that yeah thanks for having me Jason um, you know it's quite interesting actually because in 2008 I had this great idea to get my real estate license when nobody wanted to buy homes so uh, I started with one relationship uh, a guy actually called me and said that uh, he was having trouble finding good realtors in Maryland. I was an investor, said that I would be good, why don't you get your license? I fought it for a little bit uh, and he actually ended up uh, uh, running an REO department. So it started with a one, one relationship with one bank and turned into multiple and then we just kind of scaled it from there. Sure. Yeah, that's crazy. So when, what year, when was that? How, what year was that? Uh, 2008. So right when everything looked like it was Armageddon. So about, yeah. so about nine years ago. Yeah, eight and to nine years ago. How many transactions do you think you did that first year? First year in 2008, there was only a couple because I was really building my pipeline. But by 2009, I was at the time working at Long and & Foster and I ended up Rookie of the Year for uh, all seven states that they're in or whatever it is. And I believe that the transaction total was around 70 to 80, somewhere in that ballpark. So that, so that was like the first full year in business? Full year in business, yeah. And who, would, who was on your team? Was it just you at that time or did you have support staff? I mean, that's a lot of transactions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As the uh, pipeline grew exponentially, um, I basically turned to a friend and said, I'm drowning. I need help. Can you come in and help me? And uh, it started there and then we grew it another level. Uh, basically going into 2010 and again we, we doubled the business uh, at least the amount of, of inventory that we had and I was drowning again and I turned to my aunt who was uh, got laid off from her job and said hey you need a job <laughs> I need some help come here and help me so basically the three of us took it to a level it plateaued we created our own glass ceiling um, you know things were working fine because we were selling 120 to 140 homes a year pretty much like clockwork um, but I was working 80, 90 hours a week to do it. So sure. I felt like there had to be a better way or I wanted to get out and go do something else. Got it. 
Yeah, I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of deals, and especially that's a lot of deals to just do right up the cusp, right? You know, I, I'm and I don't know this, but I'm guessing a lot of agents they start, they get into this business, they learn, they have a listing, they do you know some buyer appointments, they they grow and grow, and you know by the end of the year they do a few transactions and they make a little bit of money, and they're like, cool, let's take that to the next level. I mean, seventy deals first year is <laughs> pretty pretty impressive. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of what your operation looks like today nine years fast forward nine nine years yeah so uh gosh we have 19 people total not including myself uh we have two vas in the philippines we have a runner a field guy who drives around all day that's all he does um we have a transaction coordinator we have a uh, bookkeeper um, who handles a lot of the REO stuff because with the with the bank on properties a lot of property management involved in it so it's a lot more labor intensive um, I have an operations manager. We have 10 agents, um, so, uh, full-time ISA, somebody who answers the phones and all incoming uh, uh, internet and phone call traffic to try and uh, you know turn the leads over and get them out to the agents so they can focus on income producing activity. I probably forgot somebody in there, but and I apologize, but uh, it looks something basically like that. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I don't think a lot of real estate agents sometimes realize or anybody realizes that you know being a real estate agent being a real estate broker running a real estate team it's treated like a business any other business you have it's not just you know a salesperson that's selling real estate you know you have support team you have uh you know you have a lot lot of other key components and a lot of different people inside the organization to run it like a business it just happens that the business you're running is you know selling real estate it doesn't have to be a you know, a, a full operation, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of this the the purpose of this video is I really think to attract other real estate agents, you know, just so they can learn to try to get to the next to the next level. Because there's so many that I talk to that really want to grow and they just do not they do not know how to. So like, let's just talk a little bit about starting kind of and growing a team. Like, is, I'm assuming there's probably a good amount of limited beliefs that an agent may have related to starting a team. I don't know, maybe they're, they're probably, I don't know, you're the expert at this, but my guess is the biggest thing they're scared of is people use me because it's me, and if, I, if they can't use me, they're not going to go with us type, type of thing. And then they're scared that they can't give the quality, you know, they, or if they hire another agent to replace them, that they feel they're not going to give the quality work and support that that you know me as an agent would be is that somewhat accurate I would say it's probably spot-on uh, unfortunately egos um, sometimes come into play sometimes it's other reasons but it doesn't really matter what the variable is but but the mindset is that uh, usually uh, agents start working their sphere of influence uh, making some phone you know cold calls and things like that and working fizzbos expires whatever their angles might be but in the end there is a belief amongst most of them that the reason the business is there is because of them and actually in a weird sort of way sometimes it's there in spite of them right because you know the hardest part with being an agent is that you really have about 10 to 12 jobs to do I mean everything from you have to originate well you have to um, obviously go out and show homes or sit in people's living rooms and get them to sign list agreements with you you have to you know get it under contract you got to perform on the contract you have internal paperwork within you know whatever brokerage you're at you know, and you go through this whole long list, and oh, by the way, you need to be a bookkeeper, and oh, by the way, you actually need to be a business person, regardless if you're one agent doing one transaction, or one agent doing 50, or a team doing, you know, three, 400, whatever it might be. And sometimes, you know, what gets lost in that shuffle is that um, as you get involved with the minutiae, you can't find your way out of it, right? So you create your own glass ceiling by staying in the way of it, if that makes any sense. You know, it makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. and. I mean, we we both probably collaborate on a regular basis with a lot of business owners and a lot of entrepreneurs, and you know, I'm just kind of thinking back to a few people I've talked to um, that were that are really good operators. It could be a hairstylist who does a great job cutting hair, and all of a sudden she wants to start a business. He or she wants to start a business. I'm like, listen, you know, your core competency right now is not going to be cutting hair. I know you love cutting hair. But chances are that's just going to be part of your job at this point. You know, you're going to be moving away, and you're going to be taking on a lot of other, a lot of different hats, and a lot, a lot of things that you're probably not going to want to do. <laughs> you know, at the at at the beginning. So first, you know, I get. I guess if we, you know, we're giving advice to a real estate agent who wants to create it, either create a team or really expand and treat it more like a, a larger business. It's you know, if you love you know, selling, 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 selling. If you love card and buyers around it, whatever that case is, 
you know, think through the entire process and really, you know, like we all do is, you know, write down on a piece of paper what you want to do with your day <laughs> and what you're good at to be to be to begin with. And sure. I think that's a challenge that a lot of people have. Um, yeah. It's very different. It's a very, you know, my day to day. I mean, it just happens that, you know, you're selling real estate. In my day to day, you know, we're selling selling loans. That's just that, that's not what I necessarily do on a day to day basis. That's just what our business does. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's quite funny how I ended up down this path is very similar to where other agents end up. I happened to be selling 120 to 150 homes at only mostly um, REO bank home properties and was kind of really stuck in the minutia of it. And I was really dreaded the business, hated going to work every day, stuff like that, working 80, 90 hours, missing my family, all that kind of stuff. Luckily, I had somebody who walked into my life and basically said, you have a really sharp business mind. You're not treating us like a business. And I yeah. said, well, I don't view it like a business. I view it like a job. He said, you yeah. got it wrong. And it started this course of uh, exploration and learning and really re-energized with, with real estate as a whole because I was like, oh, gosh, here I am online in 2011, 12 looking to buy a business or what business am I going to go into when I shut this down and little did I know I actually was in a business I just created my own glass ceiling by staying in the middle of it so it really set a, a course of events that you know really changed my life and I, I always tell people like I consider myself an entrepreneur I just happen to be in real estate at this point yeah yeah I agree yeah I, 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 I agree with that and you know there's a few things that hopefully these are tips tips for people, but going back to what we talked about related to agents, I mean, chances are there's probably agents in your office that are better agents than you are, right? And there's, you know, sure. I, the, the, our guy currently, um, you know, Tony in my office who sells, he sells loans better than I sell them. He gets a higher rate of return, he can get a higher rate of return for our borrowers. Um, it just, it just happens. And you put the right people in place. And we, you know, we always kind of hired support, you know, we had some supporting roles here at our, our company, but I'll never forget probably like four years ago, I was working with one of our business coaches who was our business coach at the time. And I really, really wanted to hire what we have today called a portfolio manager. And they, you know, they do process, they process the loans. They, it was stuff I was doing on a regular basis. It was the stuff I hated. It was touching every file, being involved with the paper stuff. And it was following up and just stalking title companies and things like that. And I absolutely hated it. And my rebut, if he's like, go hire this person. And my whole rebut was like, well, they're not gonna be able to do it as good as I can do it. And there was two sides of that. The first side, um, I was like, well, um, I was like, you know, he was like, don't worry about if they can do it as well. Let's say they do it 80% as well, right? They do it 80% as well as you and you don't have to do any of it, right? And 20% slips through the cracks. But then it ended up happening as this person got into it and it got better and better, does it a hell of a lot better than I would have ever done it. So, and which, which is hard to see that. Yeah, right. So it's hard to see the forest through the trees, right? Because yeah. when you're in it and you're doing it, sometimes people look at it as an expense, right? So they say, oh gosh, I can't hire this person because it's going to cost money. Really what it is is an investment, not an expense, right? Because by having that person um, own that job, if you hire the right person through the right processes and they own the job, it frees you to go do other things. And as a business owner, your time is better spent in the 20%, not the 80%, right? So. Yeah. And by that, what I mean is there's 20% of the activity you do on a daily basis, which produces 80% of the of results. So my job today, every day, is to look at what am I doing? What am I touching? What of that falls into 80%? What falls into 20%? So look, it's an ongoing daily struggle with me. You know, like I'm right now trying to revamp the way I look at email because I'm trying to break myself free of the chains of email because it really drags down efficiency within my day and allows me to get less of that 20% done. So it's finding different channels where that goes to and people and training them and you know making sure that they get to the right spots. You know, But those limiting beliefs you know, will limit you in what you do. So if you believe somebody will not do as well as you, then chances are they're not, right? But in the end, what you're alluding to is ultimately <clears throat> they don't need to have to do it as well as you in order for you to succeed as a business because it's a true team effort when you have a business now you're only as good as your weakest link but at the same time you know by having 19 people doing it you're able to actually give better service better results better everything just by having multiple people doing it and being in their silo doing what they do best yeah and you know it's kind of weird to 
from what I'm about to say to hear this, but sometimes it's actually irresponsible. It would be irresponsible of you to take on a listing appointment. It would be irresponsible of you to be, you know, to take to run a buyer around. And what I mean by that, and I'm sure you can agree, if you're spending your time on that and you're not spending time on growth, on systems, on training employees and things like that, if you're actually spending time on the transactional stuff in your business, it really is irresponsible because you have a lot of people that are counting on you for payroll, for for growth, for a lot of things, your, your vendors, your employees. And, you know, it's, you kind of got to be, you know, selfish in a way of, I, I can't do this task. Like, I'm not saying it's below me to do this task. There's nothing to do with that. We've, you know, when we started a business, like you started yours, you did every task. So you've already been involved, you've been involved in it, but you cannot continue to do all those things every day. Cause there's only so many hours in a day. And it's like, I would love, I would love to help do this, but I physically can't. And it's irresponsible <laughs> for me. You almost say like a bad word out of it. Like I can't do it because I'm doing the rest of our company a disservice. If yeah. I do that, I need to spend time and you're counting on me to, you know, I'm counting on you to do your particular task and you're counting on me to continue to help grow. hundred percent. Right. So figure out what your why is in business. Right. So like if you're passionate and you're like, you know what? I just love going on listing appointments. That is it. That's all I want to do. Build the rest of the business around you, right? Find a rock star operations manager. Do what you're passionate about, right? Now, the flip side and what you were alluding to is, is, is pretty simple in, in one respect, right? So, like you said, I started by scrubbing dishes, mopping floors, you know, in the back end of the kitchen as a metaphor to the kitchen, uh, um, restaurant. Yep. <clears throat> At some point, I'm not above going back and mopping the floors and washing the dishes. I'll do whatever it takes to get done. But just like in a restaurant, you don't walk in the front door and the guy, you know, the hostess greets you, then goes to the table, comes up, puts the apron on, now it's your waitress, then goes back, you know, after taking your order, goes in the kitchen, all of a sudden you see them as the cook. Yeah. Then when they clear the table, it's the busboy, it's the same person. No, that's not really how it works. And if it does, you're yeah. going to have like a two or three seat restaurant and that's about the max you're going to do. That's what I was going to say, yeah. If that works, you get one customer and right. that's it. And, and, well, and, and that's a good, that can go back to our opening line of what we talked about. You know, if you're a struggling agent and you're doing two deals a month, which you're, and keep in mind, 25 deals a year is a lot for investors, or for agents, especially in the DC Baltimore market because the, the amounts are high. But that's all you can handle <laughs> because you're doing every task. So this goes back, and, and, and I'm sure you have, because you, you have a good business mind. You've read The E-Myth, right? Yeah. Right? So Michael Gerber, fantastic author, probably changed the way I looked at business, right? So you can get into business, right, thinking you're the entrepreneur, but what you really are is a technician, right? Yeah. So in that, you might be a great technician. You could actually be the best listing agent that you could possibly be. But when you're trying to do the other 10 things to run the business, you're doing it a disservice to being the technician or you get involved in being the technician and the business owner and then basically what happens is that you drowned in it right so you start to grow to hate it like I was and like I was telling you about because I didn't realize that I was staying involved being the technician in the business right so once I removed myself from that it was a fairly liberating experience because we could see exponential growth I mean literally from 2014 into 2015 we had 300% growth or pretty close to that and that wouldn't be possible if I was still grinding it out day to day. Now, I know there's people on my team that do it better than I can, right? Because I have other things to focus on, a bigger picture, a business. I'm like a steward. This is like my family, right? So, you know, my job is to protect them almost like the patriarch, right? So I need to focus on business development, leadership, all those kind of things in order to grow this business. It's not me sitting in someone's living room because they saw us on Zillow and they saw my name. And they have to, you know, talk to only me. So we're scripting things around it and trying to yeah. get people to understand that they're better off by being with the expert in that silo in our business than they are with me. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought up that that book because I read that book three times and I actually believe that anyone listening, if, number one, if they have not read that, they're probably still a technician, so they probably should read that. And you should mm -hmm. read it three times. You should read it when you're a technician, that'll help you grow to be a manager. Um, and I read it. I read it the first time years ago, and then I read it after we hired our first employee. And I wasn't necessarily doing, you know, day to day. So some of the everything I was doing before, I, I wanted to learn about how to be a better manager and things like that. So I read that, and then I don't know, maybe five, four or five years ago, I read it for a third time because I was a straight visionary of the of the operation. Um, because there's there's key takeaways that you're going to get no matter where you are in your business out of that out of that book. 
Um, and just like you said, probably the biggest takeaway is you could be the best real estate agent. You could be the best mechanic. You could be the best hairstylist. That doesn't matter at all when starting a business. <laughs> there are so many things that you, you, <laughs> you gotta, it, that kind of goes out the door. There, right. There's a lot. There's, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet you're the best contractor, whatever the case is. You are. I'm sure or these, whoever's listening, like you, you are the best at what you do. Nobody's stating that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. What happens is you're in search of a, a, I own something, I am building something, right? But but really, when you get in, you, as you stay a technician, basically all you've done is bought yourself a job. That's yeah. it. You might as well go work somewhere else if if that's if that's your your passion, right? Yeah. So you know either in your team hiring around it or you know actually go do it if that's what your passion is and that's you really want to be a technician, just be the best technician you can be, right? But the, when you actually buy yourself a job, there's probably no more deflating feeling in the entire world yeah. than thinking you're a business owner, but actually just being you know, a slave to your job, basically. Yeah. I mean, there, it, this happens on a regular basis when I talk to business owners and you know, they're like, yeah, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this. Well, like, how much money are you taking out of the business? And they're like, whatever, they, I don't know, 50 grand, whatever they take out. I take out 50 grand. Well, guess what? You could go across the street and go work for this guy over here. He'll pay you a $50,000 salary, it'll be nine to five. You're not going to have any debt on on the business. You're not going to be liable for any of this. You don't take any risk. What's the difference? And they're like, well, you know, this is mine. I built it. And I'm like, I get all that, but be responsible. And you know, it is not responsible to to you know, if, if, unless it's going the right way. With it. Yeah. Well, wrap it back to what we talked about earlier, right? So ego sometimes gets in the way, right? So it's not fair to admit that I have to grow a business or get beyond myself or have the introspection to actually look at yourself and say, what do I need today to do today in order to be better at what I do, to hone my craft, right? So if you're a fantastic technician and you really want to be a business owner, then what you do is you find yourself a way to surround yourself with people and transfer that knowledge to them. Teach them how to be a the best technician, teach them how to be the best listing agent or buyer's agent, right? That's where you're actually able to affect and change others' lives at the same time yours. It's um, it's quite a, a powerful experience when you see people grow around you, you know, and, and not because of you, but in some respects, almost in spite of you, right? You're building something bigger than yourself. That's, yeah, that that's right. Yeah, similar to this, because um, I'm curious in a second how you organize what I'm about to say, but so what we, uh, a lot of the things we do here that we, we like to call offense versus defense. So offense is growth, marketing, uh, activities, building the business. Defense is transactional businesses, yeah. in the, it being in the, inside a transaction. The transactional stuff has to get done, and I, and I fully understand that. Like, you know, you have to go on a listing appointment. That's, but, but that's a transactional job. I mean, uh, that's a transactional, that's like a defensive task, right? Because yeah. the offensive task was, doing the marketing, doing the growth, doing the relationship building to get that person to call you so you can turn them into the client. After they're already a customer or a client, like that's just part of your business, you're playing defense. So we like what we like to do here is call things, we like to rate everything either offense or defense. And the, the offensive stuff is, you know, doing content pieces, doing videos like this, right? Because, you know, this, this helps get exposure and things like that. So doing content, doing um, gr growth activities, um, training employees, things like that, right? Um, so we like to call them offensive defense, and a way that we track these things, we we call them. Uh, we use a term called day winner. You know, did you win the day? Yeah. And we actually were going to create a, a web app to do this, like a mobile app. We just never really did. I mean, it, but but anyways, and and where I'm getting at in a second, I'm curious to see how you track some of your things. But we have a different point system for everything that we do. So we do a content piece. Let's say you get 15 points for the day for that. So we turn it into like a little bit, a little bit of a game. And between my business partner Chris and I, we try to get about 100 points every day. Like that's the goal. So we have a whiteboard out, and it's like, cool. I just did this this video with Josh. 15 points for that. Um, and you only get points for offensive stuff. If I close five loans today and one was the biggest deal I ever did, like it's not an offense task. That's a defense task, right? If I have a new um, referral source, for instance, and I bring them into the office and I meet with them, I, I get a, I get points on that, right? That's an offense. That's an offense task. But a lot of people don't realize the difference between playing offense and playing defense, or what transactional activities are compared to growth activities. So I'm curious to see how you track those things and maybe just be on a to-do list. I don't know. Yeah, you know, um, a couple things. So what you're talking about their offense is that, when it, wrapping it back, so that 20% that I was talking about that you're working on, that's the gross, that's the business development, that's the future. That's how you 
you know, progress the business. So in that, yeah, absolutely, your your effort should be focused there. Now, it's actually funny you mention this. Right now, I'm reading the Four Hour Work Week. Uh, Tim Ferriss, your first time or, or it's actually the first time, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I've read it twice. Yeah. But I'll be reading it probably two more times in the next two months yeah, yeah. just to make sure I absorb all of it. But you know, like I'm really at a point with it where, you know, what he says, you know, starts to make sense, and all the books start to kind of come together. There's common themes amongst all of it, right? And and you know, in it, there's just so much information. And when you do that on a daily basis, you basically start working on the twenty percent, and 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 leave the eighty percent, the defense, right? To the people that are going to perform the defense best, that's where you're actually able to get rocket fuel in your business, right? Because then you're focusing. Um, some people call it rainmakers, right? I'll make it rain. You clean up the mess, right? So, you know, and getting key people in right positions in order to um, perform on it. So, like in our business, we use disk profiling. I don't know yep. if you're familiar. With it. Okay. So, and in there, it's just a very simple way to kind of categorize people based on their skills and strengths. You know, and everybody has probably um, certain skills. Like I don't have the same ones that my operations manager does, and 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 our transaction coordinators are by design supposed to have different skill sets. You know, based on the spectrum. Than I as the team leader, and you know when you follow this and you put people in the right places, you know you send them on the right path to success in their position and in business as a whole. Yeah, no, and I mean we're not going to go on a rant on personality types because we could. We could spend an hour talking about that, obviously. <laughs> but obviously, every staff member, staff member when they start has to get the personality assessment. But after knowing personality types like you do and like I do from being involved in it, I mean I can meet someone for the first time and peg exactly who they are, and you know. Again, we could do a whole talk on negotiation and stuff like that, and that helps with that because you know exactly who that person is. You know what they're, <laughs> you know, you, you, I don't know if if they're high eye, you can see right through them. Of like, listen, I'm sure, sure you're great at, at you're great at sales and great at schmoozing, but like your back end operational stuff's probably a nightmare, unorganized. But um, uh, that's a different. Story. I can guarantee it. If you're good at sales, the back end <laughs> yeah, is just that's atrocious. A, yeah, that's a different. That's a different. That's a like we said, we could do an hour conversation on that because that is a fun topic we always talk about. Yeah. So. Run us through maybe like a typical day of what you do. Like, what are you doing in a typical day? Gosh, well, this morning I was up at 4.30 in the morning. Um, <laughs> so just by happenstance, I actually don't even use an alarm clock. I usually wake up between 4.30 and 6.30 for the most part, unless something crazy. Like, I have a holiday party to go to tonight, and hopefully I'll have a little bit of fun and I won't be up at 4.30 again. Sure. Uh, but it starts there, and I'll do a bit of reading. Um, and some of that reading might be light reading. It might be reading the... Tim Ferriss book, trying to get a little tidbit for the day, um, but in that book, and and I and I didn't quite get to it in the last uh, little conversation. Basically, what he's saying is, pick two big things that you need to knock out that day. Knock them out before anything that yeah. you do. Don't check email. Don't do that kind of stuff. Get into a situation where you know the big things, and if you knock those out, is your day a success? So as far as the scoring goes, like you're talking about, offense, defense. That's how I look at the two big rocks I got to move today. Did I move either one of them? If I didn't, then then I know what I have to do tomorrow, right? And I know today was not a success and how I grade myself. Yeah. So basically in the mornings, I try and get through meetings and rocks and then try and get into something um, a bit deeper in the afternoon. Um, a lot of times I'll do working lunches. You know, I think three days this week I was out lunch meeting somebody with business development, right? And, um, you know, just try and work my day up until about five or six o'clock. And like tonight at five o'clock, I'll go to my daughter's basketball practice. I'm coaching her. I'm going to do that. And then off to a holiday party. And, you know, my life is so manageable. Even my wife the other day is like, you know, I can't believe that you don't even crack your laptop at night anymore. Because where I yeah. came from to where I am today, you know, and that's pretty much a typical day. There's a lot of fires to put out. There's a lot of, you know, pseudo emergencies you know that everybody has and yeah. people push their neuroses on you and all that kind of stuff so it's just about retraining rerouting leadership yeah. positivity you know like how do you get through the day staying you know on top of it basically yeah i mean in a lot of them when we were just talking about like offense and defense stuff and transactional versus growth stuff i mean you have to do transact there's some transactional stuff that that's going to occur there's defense that has to occur it's not there's not one of those isn't a bad word and, and the other one's not a good wood word i mean they're not good or bad it's just inevitable it's just have the mindset of like really you know if you wake up and you, you you go to whatever a listing appointment then you go to a home inspection then you do this and you do this 
and you didn't play any offense that day, like, it's not that productive of a day. It's that simple. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it, it just isn't. You know, it wasn't, a produ- it wasn't a productive day. Did you have a closing today and you got a check in hand for 4000 bucks? Great. That being said... <laughs> you know, That's a lag- lagging indicator of the 20% activity. Yeah. That activity happened months ago. Months ago. That's just the lagging yeah. indicator, the cash coming in the business. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, and this probably touches on a good point, too. Depends on what your why is, right? So, like, why are you in business? For me, my why is not money. It's not what it's about, right? So I'm trying to build something bigger than myself, trying to provide for others and build something sustainable that basically, in 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 theory, and maybe five years I get to wake up and have a four-hour work week. You know, I don't know what that looks like, but that's what I'm working towards yeah. is to build a legacy, right? Something I can pass down to my kids if that's what it is. Sell off if I want to. Um, not work as hard at because I want to spend time with my kids or gosh, I want to learn how to play guitar or go to Spain for a month, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and it's probably the hardest concept to, to, um, to grasp when you're the technician in the middle of the business going, well, how would I take a week vacation? Because you built the business around you, right? So you when you build it and you're, and you're a cog in that wheel, right? Then you're getting in your own way, creating your glass ceilings. You can't even take a vacation. Yeah, right? no, the answer is how do I take a vacation? Well, the answer, you can't take one right now. The way you set this up, you cannot take one. You're right about that. But let's figure this out and rework this so you can take a vacation next year. Absolutely. Next year because so many people, I mean, that's just, I don't know, that's just how most business owners are. I mean, think about like, okay, think about a doctor. For instance, like a doctor, the service they're selling is themselves. So they're booked from like seven to eight, eight to nine, nine to ten, all the way. Like, yep. let's just say that job they can't replace themselves. Well, as a real estate agent, like you don't have to do that to yourself. And that's what's happening for the most part. It may not be as um, definable as as you know a doctor's position as as doctors going to a doctor's appointment. But it's very very similar to that. If you're filling your day with yep. stuff, you know the the wrong stuff. You're, you're falling into this mouse wheel that you're just never going to get out of. Right. One of the things that just stuck out in uh, Tim Ferriss's book, Before Our Work Week, I was just reading, he talks about people getting themselves busy for the sake of being busy, right? Yeah. So, like, trying to fill their day full of, of things that... Yeah, show you something funny. Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, filling yourself full of, of stuff, right? So, like, gosh, I feel busy. And there's a funny... Because <laughs> I did work in corporate America for a while. And, and he's like, you know, if you're in corporate America and you want to raise and a promotion, just walk around the office on your cell phone pretending like you're busy. People are going to throw money at you and give yeah. you jobs you don't even want because you look like you're busy. You're filling your day with busy stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to find this in our chapter of our book that we wrote uh, related to busyness. Right. Chapter three, are you doing business or playing business? We all wrote a whole freaking chapter on that exact same thing because so many people we know yeah. run around like maniacs. Like, like, what is the reason you have to run through the office as fast as you can to to, to do whatever? Like, what, what is possibly an emergency? Is there a fire in there? It's piss poor planning, probably. Yeah. You know, right? So, or, you know, how many real estate agents do you know that are like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're busy, we're doing transactions, we're in business, but you created your own problem at that point, you know, because you didn't hire an EA. Or, you know, like I work, you know, Keller Williams is, is our brokerage we work in. And uh, the MRAA, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, it's just basically a roadmap to show you um, how to succeed in this business, how you start, how you build that pyramid, how you get to the seventh level. And your first hire is an executive assistant, somebody you can empower and trust and shovel things off to. If you don't do that, you know, like you're just, you're not going to go anywhere. In Baltimore market, if you're a rock star and you're really good and you're working 60, 70 hours a week, you're probably going to, it depends on the mix of business, but you're going to produce somewhere around $10 million a year. Maybe fifteen if you're crazy killing it on some higher end properties, but that's it. That's as good as it's going to get until you decide to make a difference and change what you're doing. Hire an EA, shovel stuff off so you can focus on income producing activity. You know, just no more time in the day. It's that's Look, all. That's all it can be. It doesn't matter. I'm not a rocket science yeah. scientist, right? I didn't create something, this new model that like somebody else. You know, like I'm not this inventor. I didn't invent. Uh, you know. Um, I don't know, the iPhone or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm just following what other people are doing and just modeling what they're doing and tweaking it for what works for me. Sure, yeah. So obviously this is super impressive, um, you know, the way you have this whole thing set up because a lot of agents don't, you know, and they and they dream probably they want to. I don't know if they truly do believe that's what they want, but maybe they think they want um, because like you're saying firsthand, there's 
very little transactional type of stuff. Like, what do you think's lacking? If you could pick one thing that's lacking inside the operation, because no, you know, even though you're selling, you know, hundreds and hundreds of houses a year, nothing's perfect, right? Everyone's lacking yeah. something. Like, what's like one thing that just kind of irks you that you're lacking that you're really trying to get to the next level with? Well, I think I have about 15 of them, right? So <laughs> it's never perfect. Um, where are we at right now? So I'm still in the business. Um, I don't do any transactions. I don't go on any appointments. I don't show any buyers, investors, all that stuff. I mean, there's people I talk with, um, you know, and, and, and help to kind of move stuff forward. But I manage all 10 um, salespeople. So really, first quarter, we're hiring a sales manager. And that person is then going to report to me, and I'm going to hold them accountable to holding mm -hmm. the agents accountable, right? And then when I free that, that time up, I can then focus on the next marketing piece. Or the next growth in business, that 20%, right? What am I going to put my effort, time, energy in, focus it properly, where the distractions are out of my way, and I can you know, go on to doing other things. I mean, I look, every agent's on their phone constantly, right? So th there's a need or a compulsion to, um, I gotta get back to somebody in three minutes or they're not gonna work with me. It's BS. You set the expectations properly. Yeah. Look, if you answer somebody's text at 11.30 at night, you've given them permission to continue texting you 11.30 at night. That's right. And you've also said, I'm setting the expectation, I'm gonna uh, reply back to you in five minutes, 11.30, if you don't, What's wrong with you, right? So there's nothing wrong with setting expectations with your clients that I have a family at night. What happens at 11.30 can be discussed at 8.30 in the morning. Nothing's going to change between now and then, you know? Is your house on fire? No. Okay. Does somebody die? No. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll fix it tomorrow. Let's do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, setting expectations is a whole concept of, it, of its own that we could talk about forever as well. It's just, yeah. you know, saying properties because everyone's like, well, you know, I'm the best realtor, I I give the best customer service, and if they need to talk to me at three in the morning, it's like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's great, <laughs> but you're, you're whatever, you, that's all you, it. <laughs> you're right, you've created your own worst enemy, right? So that isn't the definition of customer service. What is the definition of customer service is being present in whatever you're doing. So right now, if I'm, I'm talking to you via Skype, right? And I'm sitting over here, and where's my phone, and what's yeah. going on, and oh gosh, I got 14 texts and phone calls. You wouldn't do that in this setting, right? I'm present in this moment. But when you're in working on a project, why are you doing that? Why are you continuing that behavior on? When you go to the gym, you go on the treadmill for 30 minutes, you don't get on for one, get off for three, get back on for two, get off for one, you know? Not if you want, you know, results, but you know. No, really, really valid point. Really, really good point. Something to think about. What, uh, I'm, I'm, I know before I even ask this question that you already have a planned out goals for down the road. What's either your five-year goal or ten-year goal? E either one. I'm sure you have both of them already lined up. <laughs> ten, I do not. I okay, definitely five. have five. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had ten. Um, actually, hopefully, I'm sitting on a beach somewhere in ten years, and I'm, you know, if I'm doing this, it's, you know, uh, here and there and for fun, and maybe I have my own podcast or something. Who knows? Sure. Some far-off thing. Um, five years. So, so where we are today in 2016. Uh, we'll sell, and we're just finishing it out right now. We're in late December, and it looks about 320 transactions for uh, 50 million plus. Um, and really, where we are is we're going to go one year, right? So we're going to be 400 to 450 transactions, which equates to about 25% growth, um, and that is an achievable goal. What we're working towards is getting our average transaction price up or the revenue from the transaction. Um, to a point where it would equate to $80 million, so about 200,000 average transaction. Those are the two main goals. The five-year goal, we're gonna be in several markets, we're gonna have an expansion team, we're gonna duplicate our models, um, basically have economies of scale because we can build it out of a centralized hub. So if we're in Richmond, Virginia, we don't have to have um, uh, you know a transaction coordinator down there and rent space and all the other stuff that goes with it. So you start to get economies of scale. Um, so the long, answer is, and I know this will happen, we'll sell a thousand homes plus. And, you know, we'll probably show up on some report in, you know, Real Trends, top 100 agents, you know, that kind of stuff. It's going to happen. It's already done. The goal's set. We're working towards it. We're focusing on the business. I'm focusing on the 20% as much as I can. And as the years go on, that is going to be my only job, is coming in, focusing on new marketing efforts, business development, expansion, things like that, being a true, true business owner. Yeah. No, I mean, your key thing, what you said was, I know it's going to happen because I already put it on paper and it's a goal. And, you know, we hit uh, some things that a lot of people don't 
really know about us, but when we when Chris and I set up our business goal with our with our coach years ago, we had a ten year goal we hit in three years, um, and this ten year goal I huh? didn't think was imaginable. Like yeah. it was it was, a, it was a lot of transactions. It was. Um, I mean, well, it was getting to a $35 million loan portfolio, which we have today, and 250 transactions. I mean, that's <laughs> what, it, what it was less than that because we've done more since then. But anyways, that was like the 10-year goal. And you don't like, have any more yeah. limiting beliefs, do you? Yeah. Freaking <laughs> You're I, like, I, man, I conquered it. Hey, what's that next 10-year goal? Yeah, we'll so, yeah I mean, I mean the, the, whenever people get scared about setting really crazy goals, I always tell themselves like, okay, well, you know, when do you want to set that goal? Okay, like it's like a 10-year goal. Okay, well, where were you 10 years ago? Think about what you were doing 10 years ago. A lot of people were in different industries. Some people were still in school. Very different things. I mean, things happen. And, you know, you know how like compound interest works and you can grow money very quick? Well, you compound your knowledge, your database, your everything, right? And it, and it grows and it becomes, it comes real. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, when I learned about how to sell on, sell on the internet, the first thing I, I, I learned that made the most sense to me that I got was, hey, if you can sell, if you can sell this product here for one, if you can sell one thing on the internet for $1, just do the exact same thing. You make $1 profit, do the exact same thing as much as you want to make as much money as you want. It's that yep. simple. Um, yep. So And make it duplicatable too, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and, and do it. And obviously, it's not as easy as that sounds. But at the same time, you know, going backwards with goals, do a 10 year goal, then you do a five year, then a two and a half. And really, if you set up your goal sheets the right way and you know exactly where you want to be down the road and you work that backwards in order to like double your volume, let's just say, all that may mean is like in two weeks from now, I need to have made this many calls or this many marketing pieces or this many this. You break it down and yeah, it's crazy what has to happen within a 10 year period. But when you break that down to a daily or weekly basis, it's nothing. Right. <laughs> it's very, so like, very simple. My sales agents, break it down very simply, even to like people within your organizations where accountability comes from, right? So there's 52 weeks in the year, right? And basically, our minimum standard of your buyer's agent is two transactions, 400,000. It's not like 10 units and, you know, 2 million bucks a month or you're off the team or something crazy. So I always break this down for them. I go, like, look, on a monthly basis, this means what did you do today? What did you do this week to get two transactions this month? That's one every other week. So you didn't get one this week, which means you're behind the ball. Next week, who are you working with? What are you doing? Who are you getting under contract next week to stay on pace with your goal? That goal will produce um, a result, a measurable result, right? So breaking it down to the minor. So I, I do this, there's an agent after two or three weeks of accountability. He comes in, he goes, man, he's like, my goal is one every week. He's like, I can see it. I'm not looking at this this big off like crazy goal that's like, you know, fifty transactions this year and something I'm like get drawn by. It's okay, this week all I have to do is one. What am I doing? What behavior am I exhibiting this week to yeah. get one transaction? Yeah, I mean you really could break it down to be really simple. If you think of it out on a large basis, you can't. You'd be too overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I want to uh, you know, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year and Hey, I want to make $10, $10 million a year. Is that possible? Yes. Can you mentally break that down? No, not unless you start from putting a key date and then working your way back. And yeah, now the, the goal settings, the goal settings, I mean, a lot of the principles we just talked about are really, are really, really good. All right, so I've got one last question for you that I like to ask every single person that I interview because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's really interesting. So what does re retirement look for you know, in your eyes, Josh, do you feel like you're a, I'm, you know, I'm a rise and grind. I'm going to grind, 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 grind forever. And you know, this is what I do. And man, that's probably not, doesn't actually sound like you, but anyways, I'm going to grind, <laughs> grind, 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 grind until I die. Um, or, Hey, I've got a bunch, I've got a bit, I've got a few businesses that are working for me. It's spinning out cash flow. I got a bunch of rental properties and assets. I'm out of here. Like lose my phone number type of thing. Or is it somewhere in between? It's, okay, maybe I do have a 10-year goal because I already have it mapped out, right? So okay. if my wife is sitting here on my shoulder, right, she's going to say, yeah, right, you're never retiring. Because she saw me working like crazy. She knows I'm dedicated, focused, set goals, achieve. Anything I want to do, I always achieve. There might be some, you know, fail-forwarding moments and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, I get there. So, so fast forward. In five years, I'm at a level, and they call it in our business seventh level, where I'm removed from the grind, it's functioning, operation manager has things, 
and I'm focusing, but there's basically going to be five businesses that I'm going to be running within 10 years, but on a CEO level, a reporting level, a high level management accountability, right? So I will have, you know, five hours a week, but if I'm gone for a month, the business runs without me. It runs better if I'm there, but doesn't need me there to run, right? So the mindset of being a business owner still having to be present all the time isn't always the case, right? So at that point in time, I'm volunteering, I'm giving back, I'm maybe a coach, I'm uh, learned to play guitar, I've flown a plane, I've, I literally have a bucket list, 100 things, you know? Um, and on those things are what I have to knock off and achieve, right? Going to the Great Wall of China, whatever that might be. Travel, vacation, family, right? So, you know, what's most important isn't like, you know, I'm 80 and I'm like, yeah, I worked every day of my life and I'm going to go to the grave and on my tombstone it's going to say, you know, here lies a guy that worked really hard and was very admirable. Most people who lay on their deathbeds um, will probably tell you, I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I took that vacation. I wish that I learned how to fly plane or whatever it is, right? You don't say, I wish I made more money. I wish I worked more. I wish I bought a Ferrari, right? So for me, it's pretty simple. You know, the one thing that money affords you is time, right? So um, really what I want to do is make sure I stop trading my time for money, you know? And I know that's kind of a abstract kind of thing, but there'll be businesses running and investments that I have. Like I have investments in restaurants in New York City, shopping centers in Ohio and stuff like that. So you know, it's just pushing money around and getting passive income because once I can get my passive income to a place and turn my business into passive income in a weird sort of way, you know, then I feel like I've won. That's yeah. the American dream, right? So you have money making money for you without spending your yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, and, 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 you know, it's one of those things you don't have to worry about saving money. You don't have to worry about making money through any businesses or through your actual physical work. I mean, that's the beauty of passive and in, passive investing. And, I mean, if anyone watches any videos I've ever done related about finance, it's all about investing in assets. And you know, every dollar you put into your bank account, you better be put in. You better be matching that dollar and putting them into an asset at the same time. And if you have that mental mi mindset, you know, a dollar into taxes. Well, it's actually a dollar fifty into taxes, but a dollar <laughs> into your pocket, dollar fifty into taxes, and a dollar into an asset. And if you kind of can can do that and stick to that your assets will grow a hell of a lot quick a, a hell of a lot faster and a hell of a lot bigger than your hard work is going to grow it's just going to happen it just that's just the way it is you can't work as hard as your money can work for you right same thing you bought yourself a job right yeah. you created your own glass ceiling get out of your own way i mean the, the common theme in all of this we just talked about for the last half hour whatever we've been talking get out of your own way right yeah ex that's exactly it. all right so what's the best way to kind of reach you know reach the maryland the md home team well, um, so we have an inside sales associate, so 410-394-9111, um, uh, we'll ring her if you have a home to list or you know, sell or interested in, in you know, any types of transactions. Uh, she's a great person to talk to. Um, you're also welcome to reach out to me myself if you want to talk about anything related to business or any other types of activities. I'm pretty much a sharing person. I'll tell you the blueprint, you know, because it's the hard work that, you know, that you need to do to take it to where you need to go, but it's, it's you know, look, laws of abundance. There's so much out here. You're not taking anything from me, and I'm not taking anything from you, right? It's just who's willing to work hard and build it the right way to get where you need to get to. There's also more value in being an ally than a competitor. People, of course. I mean, it's same if you're a real estate investor, if you're a real estate agent. I mean, pretty much most businesses in general, like, you're not direct competition. It, it There's more that you can learn from somebody else's business that you guys could help each other with as straight allies than competing with it it's just you know yep. whatever you know just because you know just because you know you your team didn't get a listing doesn't mean you know I don't know you, you know how it is I mean it doesn't there, there's there, there's so much so we've always had that exact same exact same philosophy so yeah I mean especially I mean, if you're an agent and you kind of feel like you're right on the cusp of like hey I want to take this to the next level I'm not really sure how or I'm happy in my current situation reach out to Josh I mean obviously he's already managed 10 people right now and doing a great great job yeah. on that we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds. Um, we're looking for talent. We're looking for agents who, you know, decide that, you know, it's not the business. It's really being an agent. You know, like we're in search of people like that. We're in search of very talented people to surround ourselves with to, you know, help them achieve and prosper and focus on what they want to do. So, you know, our website is www.themdhometeam.com. Uh, you can search properties there, see a little bit about us. 
Uh, we have a pretty robust profile on Zillow. You can look there. Uh, just look us up. One of the top agents in Baltimore. Um, reach out to me, Josh at the mdhometeam.com. Um, call our main line. Uh, you know, so many different ways. I mean, pretty much if you Google what we're doing online, you'll be able to find right. them. Yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah you'll find them. Cool. Yeah. Let's just do. A, I'm just gonna do a quick recap. So first, you know, and again, this video is. You know, you can gear this towards real estate agents. I mean, that's just because that's the business that you're in. I mean, we're in the investing side of it. But this is really for any business. It doesn't really matter. I mean, this is the stuff that we're communicating on here was not like, hey, how do you, uh, you know, get, I don't know, uh, a listing or how do you, you know, how do you be a better agent like that? We didn't talk about that. We talked about high level business stuff. So, you know, even if you're outside of the real estate industry, you can still get a lot of knowledge from what we talked about. So I think the first thing is figure out what you want out of your business. I mean, if you're, you know, if you want to be a one man, one man band, and you're successful at it, and you're able to make that work for you, great. I mean, no, this isn't to say like, hey, I'm doing 25 deals a year, but I need to do more. If you don't want to do more, don't do more. You know, if you have molded your career the way you wanted to, all we're expressing is for someone that really, really want is is where they believe to be is here and they want to get up to here. That's where all the things we talked about need to be. So first figure out who you want to be. If you want to do what you're doing now, great. Um, if you want to take it to the next level, follow some of the key principles we just talked about to help take, you know, help take it to the, ne- to the next level. And, you know, like you said, I, I like uh, the E-Myth Revisit is probably the first book to start with. Yep. And you're going to read it and you're going to hear the word technician and be like, I'm not a technician. I'm not, but you, you are. I mean, that's just, you're good at trade. That's first time I read it, I was like, oh God, I'm a technician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So start with that, work your, work your way up. It takes time to do this. Um, so cool. Well, obviously I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I think it was super valuable. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of value you can bring to everyone, you know, business owners just on a high level because, you know, most of the mastermind groups you're in, most of the mastermind groups I'm in, they're not real estate focused, they're higher level business focused. That's just what it's at. Um, helping other local agents if, if they need help locally and, you know, potentially partner up with that or just in general, you know, getting a good quality, uh, you know, homeowner that wants to sell their, sell their property just because they're not working with you personally, that doesn't mean they're not getting unbelievable service. You're, you're teaming them up with the right agent on your team who <laughs> is matched up, you know, with the right personality type to reach out to them. Yep. I mean, there's logic behind it. It's not like any, mini money, mo. Hey, you know, I think, you know, Hey, just take, just take this one. It's, you know, you have a very well oiled, you know, a very well oiled machine and you have systems in place to make sure every customer that comes into your, um, you know, into your, organization to, to, to buy a house or to sell a house is, you know, getting matched up with the right person. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And we do our best and, you know, try our hardest and it's definitely the case. And we take what we do seriously for sure. You know, yeah. but, you know, as you're alluding to, this is a business conversation. You're selling widgets, you're selling something online, you're selling real estate, selling mortgages. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. Cool. Well, I, uh, I appreciate it again. Thanks again. All right. Thanks for your time, buddy.